Welcome to Mastermind FM. Before we get started, here's a word from our sponsors, Plesk. Plesk is more than just a control panel granting you full flexibility to customize, manage, secure, host, automate, and control your web projects as well as any underlying infrastructure. We simplify the lives of web professionals and give you star features like one-click staging, cloning, syncing, plus automated mass management of multiple WordPress instances on your server and more. Have it your way. Find out more on Plus.com. A word from our sponsors, Freemius. If you create and sell WordPress plugins or themes, you know that only coding features is not enough. You're going to have to securely accept payments, manage subscriptions, handle software licensing, collect European VAT, software updates, and the list goes on. Freemius handles all of those aspects in your business for you. When you sign up to sell through Freemius, they treat you like a true partner because they will only earn money when you earn money, which naturally serves as an incentive for them to help increase your sales. I highly recommend you head over to freemius.com mastermind and get a full month of fees waived when you start selling your WordPress plugins and themes through Freemius. Hello everyone, welcome to Mastermind.fm. This is John, and today I'm recording from Toronto, where I'm being hosted by the wonderful Tina Todorovic and her partner Dayan. And we're gonna be talking to Tina today, and this will be mostly about their software, social web suite, and also some other cool things about their journey in WordPress. So Tina, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Hi, everyone. My name is Tina, and I am the co-founder of Social Web Suite, together with my uh, partner in business and crime and life, <laughs> Dejan. And uh, I'm looking forward to answering all your questions. Yeah, so let's start with uh, how you started Social Web Suite. I think it's an interesting story, and uh, we'll take it from there. Okay. We had a plugin for a buffer. So basically that was connecting WordPress and buffer. And uh, we had a lot of people asking us for a bunch of features to implement to the plugin. But because uh, our plugin was mostly connecting WordPress sites to Buffer, so basically all the features that you already have with Buffer, we're just uh, enabling uh, users to do the scheduling and like settings in WordPress, but we cannot really add like too much features there. So we decided, uh, we tried to explain to people that we cannot add more features to it. And uh, one day, uh, Dan and me, we just sat and we talked and we realized that because there are like so many people asking for it, why don't we make our own social media platform? And that's how Social Web Suite started. <laughs> cool. So I think this is one first lesson that I like to mention with other people who want to start businesses in WordPress. I like the idea of either developing a free plugin and then waiting for people to ask further functionality, which we can develop as add-ons, premium add-ons, or else you develop like one of these add-ons for another system and see what people say, you know, always start with something free by giving back to the community. And usually the community will tell you whether it's something useful or not. And that way you can iterate between different plugins until you hit something that has the potential to make you money. And so as we were talking here, I also found your process for investigating the competition very interesting. And you are telling me that obviously in this area, there are several big competitors like Buffer and Hootsuite. And so my initial reaction was, how do you think you can compete with such big companies who have lots of funding? a good track record. And I found your approach interesting because you took the angle of how did these companies serve the WordPress space. And so tell me more about how you researched the competition in that case. Well, I researched the competition like the old way. <laughs> so basically I opened the account everywhere and I tracked all their functionality. And besides Hootsuite and Buffer, I tracked a bunch of other competitors that were like smaller competitors, but I still want to check everything before we started building a social web suite. And I found out there are no software out there that has a deep integration with WordPress. Some of them have like sort of a connection with WordPress via RSS feed, 
but that's not really enough, meaning that basically you cannot really do much with it, that you cannot do hashtags, you cannot do categories, you cannot do tags, like a bunch of stuff that uh, WordPress is, like people, when they write posts in WordPress, they already set up everything, right? So they don't want to do the job again by like doing that same thing in some other platform, right? Just to give some more context, let's maybe explain what the features are first so that people can understand oh. exactly what we're talking about here. And also, I would be interested to know, when you mentioned feeds, how does that work with existing platforms like Buffer? Mm -hmm. For Buffer, you can just put messages in it, and they have the RSS feeds as a premium option, so you have to pay for it, right? You just put the URL of the feeds, right? And they import a few blog posts, that's pretty much it. So, and then you, you cannot, like, you can change a little bit of the stuff there, but, uh, you know, it's like working all over again. With WordPress, you know, you, you uh, actually write a blog post, you put that blog post in some category, you already add tags. Like, the, those are the things that you're already doing while you're writing a blog post, right? Because you have to, uh, otherwise nobody's going to see your blog post, right? Mm -hmm. So those are the things that you're already doing in WordPress. So why are you repeating them somewhere else? We, I mean, for me, it doesn't make any sense to repeat stuff again, right? So that's how we came up with uh, a bunch of our features, and that's how we decided to go with the WordPress first, uh, although you can use us with RSS feed as well. Like we have the integration with RSS feeds, but uh, since we are coming from the WordPress world, right? <laughs> we wanted to have the best integration with WordPress. Mm -hmm. And we, because we are using uh, WordPress and we are writing posts in uh, WordPress, that's how we started as well. So basically, we just pull all your data into our software. So you don't have to repeat anything. Everything is already pulled. So everything that you already set up in your WordPress site, like for your post, it's already pulled. So basically, that's differentiate us from other social media platforms. Yeah, I think it's mentioning worth mentioning since I also have a lot of experience with RSS feeds yes. that they can be notoriously inconsistent. We always have trouble importing feeds because they might not have say the categories or they might be broken and so it's quite an unreliable way of importing content in fact our plugin wprss aggregator our biggest struggle is to help users manage like misbehaving feeds mm. so okay. it makes a lot of sense to go directly within wordpress to pull the content and so Tell us more about the features of what does Social Web Suite actually do for those who are not familiar with Buffer and Hootsuite, and why should we be interested in using this type of product? So we have various type of users using us. Majority of them like uh, the best how like how to explain because I, I actually ask a bunch of our users why are you using us and not like other competitors, right? So the first is the integration with WordPress. That's like the number one, obviously. And then the second is like they set it and forget it <laughs> option, which basically means that once when they set up everything how they like, they don't need to do anything anymore. So basically they just write their blog posts in WordPress and they know that everything is going to be shared, scheduled and everything is set up. So they don't need to actually come to us and set anything up. For our beginners users that doesn't know much about social media, we already set up everything for them. So we have like some default settings that uh, everything is set up. So you don't need to do anything if you don't want to. For our sort of uh, more experienced users that know more about uh, social media and they want to set up their own, uh, for example, share format per social account and those types of things, which is really useful when you, for example, are sharing stuff on Twitter versus on Facebook. So we all know that hashtags on Twitter or Instagram, you need to have like a bunch of hashtags, right? And on Facebook, they're not that much relevant or LinkedIn. So basically, what differentiates us is that you can set up uh, your share format per social account. So if you have like five different Twitter accounts, for example, you don't even need to go uh, deeper than like social network. You can even set up for all five different Twitter accounts, differently share format, different hashtags, different everything. You also have users, why I'm saying that, because we have, for example, uh, affiliate marketers and they have uh, a bunch of sites open with us. 
connected with us, as well as they have a lot of Twitter, for example, uh, profiles. So they don't want to share, for example, they have like, I don't know, site about food, then they have site about healthcare, then they have site about WordPress. So obviously on all three sites and all three different Twitter profiles, they want to share different hashtags because, you know, for healthcare and uh, food, the hashtags would be different. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that's why it's really important to check those settings as well. So that's what we are offering our users. So that setting and forget it uh, is useful. But as I said, for our users that are more experienced, they have the options to set everything as they like, uh, to set different settings, as well as, for example, we also have a users, they have their own editorial team. So basically, they have journalists writing for them. And then they have other people that are like posting and making sure that everything's got shared, right? So you have a few teams working on it on your WordPress blog. And for those type of users, what we did is basically when you connect your social profiles, that then they got connected to your WordPress site. But for those types of users, we disconnected it because they wanted to make sure that each blog post is shared to like a different social profile. One example is we have a, some sports newspaper from Italy and they have a different um, sets. It's like soccer. So they have soccer under 16, they have 16 to 18, and they have like professional soccer player, right? So they have different Twitter accounts for those different types, as well as they have different provinces. So that's why when they write a blog post, right, they write a blog post for like, for example, you know, today was a game for like only 16. They want to share that only for a certain Twitter profile and certain Facebook profile and different hashtags and everything. So for those types of users, it's really important to have all those settings. Yeah, to put this in a bit into context, mm-hmm. like I'm very familiar with tools like the Jetpacks Publicize. So that I think can be thought of, of the very basic way of doing social sharing. So basically in that tool, you connect to Facebook, to Twitter and to other platforms. And then whenever a post is published, it automatically uh, posts on the other platforms right at the moment where you publish. So that's all, you don't have any more settings. And so in this case, the one you mentioned is a very good example of one site publishing to different social profiles. And as I understand, you can also modify when these yes. will be published. Yes. Right, so so what other things do people need apart from the time-based publishing, the social profile, different social profiles, and what other stuff do people look for good that you mentioned Ratbag and share we call that functionality share and publish so basically immediately upon post it's published so we have that as well so immediately when you update the post publish the post when you schedule the post for publishing that's also shared with us as well as for example we have a different templates so we call them custom message templates within wordpress So you can make up to 12 different messages that you want to share from that post. So you don't need to share the same title and URL that usually, you know, with other social platforms are like shared. So you have the options to share whatever you want, pretty much. You can put like any kind of message, plus obviously URL is going to be shared, right? So you can choose whichever messages, you can drag and drop uh, the messages, you can change them, and they're going to be shared as well. So that's the other option. The new features that are coming on are analytics because everybody wants analytics. We now have the basic analytics and we have the Beatly connected. So basically when you connect your Beatly account with us, we show you the number of clicks on that link that's integrated with us. As you mentioned, that pack and basically What's the main difference besides all those features that we have between Dragpack and us is that uh, our plugin is really lightweight. So all the sharing process and everything is going on our servers. So nothing is happening on your site. So which is really important because that way your site is really, first of all, it's secure. And then second of all, our plugin doesn't slow down your site at all. Like it doesn't affect any usability of your site, which is very important. And we have been tested with a few hosting companies and their environment as well for that. So we are really happy about it. So those are the other things that people ask. uh, And obviously they always ask for more 
integrations with <laughs> with other social networks and etc which are coming as well <laughs> so to go back on the different profiles that you mentioned to give some more examples i found that for example on twitter maybe a quotation would work really nicely so that would be like you select a quotation from your post and use it as what you want to share on twitter and maybe on facebook you can share a longer excerpt yeah yeah so that's one like two options out of those 12 that you mentioned yeah. that you would be using so that's something which gives you much more flexibility and customization over publicize and other tools and i believe publicize does not work with facebook anymore due to their changes how did you handle that oh <laughs> that's a really great question <laughs> okay so basically all those, uh, actually, all those social networks are changing their API all the time. People don't know what happens in behind, like our <laughs> social platform. So a lot of sleepless nights, right? So uh, how we are handling? Well, we have to be up to date all the time, right? We decided to be here for a long run. So we decided to follow all their rules and terms of services and everything from the beginning. So we didn't hack anything. We didn't want to take any shortcuts. I was attending Facebook Developers Conference F8. Uh, I was uh, one of those people that were accepted there three weeks ago, I believe so, like a few weeks ago. And uh, basically, my main <laughs> point of going there was to talk about partnerships, right, with Facebook. Because once when you get their official marketing partner program, then it's much easier because you have a lot of flexibility with them. And they know that uh, you are sort of like, uh, I wouldn't say, well, they, they actually uh, strengthen their procedure as well for API. For example, we applied for their API, I believe, in 2016. And we got approved and the procedure then was just to fill out some application, send them the video, how that works and send them the login information so they can check it out. And that's pretty much it. Last year, uh, they uh, actually strictened the procedure a lot, uh, which means that uh, they were asking for a bunch of documents, like the legal documents, verifying that your company actually exists, that you are a real human being, right? So we needed to sign a lot of contracts. The, you have to have at least one person in your company that is responsible for communication with Facebook. So I'm guessing last year as well, a lot of companies dropped out because they didn't have all these documents that Facebook wanted them for verification purposes. As I said, obviously, we didn't have any problems. So we are still working with Facebook. So <laughs> there you go. And I'm, I was accepted for Facebook <laughs> conference. So there you go. What can you do, right? It's always a struggle when you have uh, integration with other software because you never know at what time they're going to change something and then messes up everything with you. And I always try to be upfront with all our users. So when I notice that something is changing and then something is not working, I always send an email saying and apologizing and uh, saying that, you know, they're changing. We are immediately working on it. We're going to approve. And we try to be as quick as possible, do quickly everything. I guess we are lucky in a sense that our users are really nice and we didn't have any issues ever. So hopefully uh, we also, what we have is what we did actually, because at the beginning we noticed that and that's the struggle with a lot of social media platform and I don't know why the others didn't do it. So what we did is we hit the refresh so basically, we have the refresh button. So which means that basically Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, but Facebook usually, they change sometimes the tokens for users uh, because of the security issues. So if they see some strange activity, they just decided to change the tokens. When they change the tokens, basically, you know, you have to authorize us again so we can use it, right? So with other social media platforms, you have to go the, the long run, just delete this and add another one and those types of things. With us, we have just a refresh button, click refresh, and we are immediately sending the call to the Facebook, refresh the token, and that's it. So that takes like two seconds, pretty much. 
So that's what we did. And we also automize it basically. So now when we receive the call from Facebook that something is, you know, wrong or the token is not working, we basically sort of click that refresh button in your behalf, right? So we try to refresh that token immediately. So the users doesn't have to do anything because we try to be as helpful as possible to the users, right? So I've I've used these Basically, I see many people using your software or others. In fact, I've been a long time user of social networks auto poster. Maybe you know about it. It's a, it's a plugin that works totally within WordPress. Mm -hmm. So it uh, can be unreliable sometimes because things break with the platforms and it's not so easy to reconnect maybe. But what I'd like to know is sometimes it feels like we're just spamming the networks, no? with these automated posts. So what I'd like to know is how can we make these auto posts more useful and obviously how to get more engagement from these posts because ultimately we're not just posting for fun, you know, we want to get engagement. More engagement, of course. So that's why I always advise users to use their custom message templates in WordPress, right? And uh, also we are building the templates for our platform. So basically for now you go there and you can uh, type any kind of message and send it. But we will have uh, similar to the custom message templates, we will have templates for the message in the platform as well. So what that means is that you can uh, sort of modify your message or send a different message every time because you don't want to spam your audience, right? And sending the same message all over again. But at the same time, you want to recycle your older posts, especially on Twitter. So basically the Twitter is so busy that uh, your post, the value of your post is like five minutes or something. It's like nobody can see it if you just share it once. So you have to share it more than once. And uh, as I always say to everybody, you just have to pick the social networks that works for you. Like you want to try to be on all of them, but maybe more concentrate more on your audience. So where is your audience? Because your audience also cannot be on all of them. So it just depends what you are working with and your audience and then pick one or two. We also implemented the suggestions for a scheduling, like the best time scheduling, basically uh, based on uh, a various uh, social media influencers. When you open the account with us, we already populate the calendar with all this uh, best time scheduling. So you don't need to think about it. Okay, should I schedule it for like 2 p.m. or is it better for 8 p.m. and those types of things every day. As well as we offer you some pre-default categories. And based on the best time scheduling, we also researched a little bit and we also gave you a suggestions what type of content you should post when. Because, for example, on Mondays, everybody's grumpy, right? Because it's right after the weekend. Nobody's really happy that they have to go to work. <laughs> so uh, on Monday morning, if you post something like how-to or tutorials or something, nobody's going to read that. Like People are already grumpy. They're not in the mood to learn anything new. So it's better to post some kind of infomercial or like jokes or, you know, some light content. That's how you're going to engage more people, right? Mm -hmm. And then afternoon or in the middle of the day, maybe you can post some tutorials or how-to and, you know, promotional content. Wednesdays and Thursdays are generally the best days to post your promotional content because that's in the middle of the week and people are usually in a better mood. <laughs> so they, uh, when, they, when people are, are in the better mood, they tend to learn more and they tend to read your post and make them feel better, right? So that's our suggestions. <laughs> yeah, that's very interesting. And so now I realize how stupid it is to just uh, auto-post directly when publishing, which that's quite irrelevant sometimes too and not with very little efficiency, really. So, so two questions based on, on this. One, how do you account for time differences? For example, I have a global audience. Mm -hmm. So when you auto-populate my calendar, what's that based on? That's number one. And secondly, 
you mentioned like jokes for example mm -hmm. i imagine that apart from the posts based on the articles on our site we can also make custom posts directly yes. from the plugin yeah so how does that work so those two questions mm -hmm. so the first question i would like to answer the first question basically pre-populated calendar is based on your time zone so uh, when you open the account with us, you choose your time zone. And it's really important to choose the same time zone as your WordPress blog is, because as I said, we pull all your data from. So it's really important to have the same time zone. But that be, with that being said, if you know, for example, we had some users that are, are living in a Pacific time zone, but most of their audience is in Eastern time zone. So they know that the calendar is populated by their time zone. So they just change for like three hours, right? Mm -hmm. That's pretty much it. So it all depends. It's populated based on your time zone, but it all depends when your audience is. So basically, if you have, uh, for example, uh, if you live in Europe, but most of your, or your audience is in U.S., you want to cover Eastern time zone and Pacific, those two, right? So you want to maybe check like uh, for those who so just change a little bit, maybe like six hours or four hours, those times, and that's pretty much it. And it's really, really, really easily editable. This is not set in stone. You have the button delete all schedules and just click, everything's going to be deleted and you can make your own. So it's not like set in stone, right? So for the other question, yes, we do have an option that I was talking about that you can uh, schedule or send now the messages. So you can do that as well. You can have a few messages. For example, the good example of <laughs> the users that use all our <laughs> features are Bob, Bob Dunn, Bob WP. So what he does is, and he's really good with like social media. So I always like to follow up with, with him, what he, whatever he does. So what he does is he has a, a bunch of blog posts, right, that he writes. So he schedules them. He uses our custom uh, messages as well. So he schedules that. But from time to time, he likes to just post some messages, not related to the blog post, right? Just like messages. For example, if you have uh, Halloween, you want to say happy Halloween, like to your all your audience, right? That's not relevant to your blog post. Or those types of things, like, you know, happy Christmas, Merry Christmas, and those types of things. So those are the things that you want to uh, post the messages for, as well as if you are on a conference. So you are on a conference, you are, you know, uh, taking pictures with Seth Rogen or whatever, <laughs> you know, so you want the whole world to know, obviously. Um, my preference would be Bradley Cooper, but okay. <laughs> We will not go there now. So basically, I would like everybody to know, obviously, that I took a picture with Bradley Cooper. So that's one of the examples where you actually just attach the picture, post some hashtags, and post that to your audience. Or if you are attending conference, you want to take a picture of yourself or your lanyard and uh, tell your audience, hi, I am and like, for example, collision conference. If somebody is here, come find me and meet me. Let's hang out. So that's pretty much it. <laughs> so you can do it directly from from the yes, software. Yes. So that also makes me think that it's also a useful tool not only to manage the publication of content from your blog, but to manage your social profiles directly. Because I always had this problem when I wanted to post, say, from WP Mayor, from my own personal Twitter, and perhaps from Mastermind, mm -hmm. Mastermind's own Twitter, and I wanted to post say a photo and I wanted to go out on these three networks. So I would need to either open three browsers or log in to each platform and to each account and log out again. With your software, we can just post one, select the three profiles and, uh, and post it directly. And going back to the time zone thing, let's say I have my main audience in US and Europe. Mm -hmm. Can I set the ideal schedules mm -hmm but for the two time zones so that like when I publish an article it goes out in the ideal time for the Europeans and another time for the yes. Americans? Yes, yes, basically yes. What you can do is you can use our preset schedule already for your time zone, for example, if you're in Europe, right? So you use that one and then you just schedule the rest uh, like 
just the time difference, like six hours or like, you know, three hours depends which time zone, right? We're talking about. So just set up the use by our schedule and that's pretty much it. I also forgot to mention that what we did is we didn't schedule anything on a full hour because it looks less automated. Usually what other platforms do, they schedule everything on a full hour, right? So you have like 12 zero zero p.m. you have some posts going on it's better if you have it at 1203 because it looks less automated and it looks like some person actually did it that's also my recommendation i also want to mention that we have an integration with youtube so basically if you have a youtube channel you can uh, hook it up uh, with us you can schedule all your videos as well because that's like now number one, right? Everybody's sharing videos. Yeah, and another side benefit of not posting on the hours that it will be less congested yes. and uh, during the rest of the hour because most people are using the automated tools that post on the hour. Yeah. Um, so which I am curious to, to hear about which social platforms do you see most of your users using and whether you can tell us anything about which platform works best for I know it depends on the audience but have you seen anything that maybe for the typical user might not be obvious for example let's say I have WP Mayor I have my personal blog do you think I might be typical as a typical user I might be missing the benefits on some particular platform so are you posting on LinkedIn no yeah, <laughs> I knew it. Uh, LinkedIn is one of the platforms that people are not using it much. Why I'm asking you, I read about a lot, but uh, I don't believe everything I read on internet, right? So no, you should. So what I did, I did a little bit of testing. So when I write a blog post, I post it on LinkedIn as well. And that blog post actually got a lot of engagement, a lot. And those engagements are really true engagements because uh, people on LinkedIn are not lurkers like somewhere else. They usually read the whole blog post. They check on your, like, they click on your website or like sell, buy a product if you are selling something, right? So that's something that you should consider doing it. And I would suggest everybody to do. The only thing on LinkedIn is that you should post it like once a day usually. So don't be like over spamming people because that nobody likes. The other thing is like, it just depends. Like, for example, if uh, you have some kind of uh, services or products that are more like uh, photos related, like for example, if you have a food blog or a travel site or something like that, so you have uh, amazing photos like Instagram and, and Pinterest would be probably better for you. Facebook as well, like Facebook pages or Facebook groups. I also always tell people to open the group on Facebook because um, we are all, we like to belong, right? So we like to belong to different groups. So the groups are really, really good way to engage a bunch of your users and to post all the time. So that's another way to basically uh, gain brain awareness and uh, gain a bunch of users and it's free marketing for you. So that's the only free marketing that you can get pretty much. And so uh, when we post on platforms, mm -hmm. let's say I'm using your software to automate everything and to control everything. Mm -hmm. So I don't even need to log into all these platforms. Mm -hmm. Uh, what happens when people comment or post anything and reply to my messages? Is that something that we can manage from your platform and reply to comments and so on? Not yet, <laughs> but it's coming. <laughs> that uh, functionality, we call it social inbox, pretty much, right? Because it sort of makes sense. <laughs> so that is coming, but probably next year, because uh, that requires a lot of work <laughs> and uh, so we want to first concentrate on the uh, integration and mobile app that we are uh, currently in the works uh, the uh, instagram integration and mobile app sorry uh, so we are currently working on it uh, then templates and analytics and then next year we're going to do the uh, social inbox which basically means that we will be the platform for everything related social that you need pretty much 
Right, okay. So, and at the present moment, we'll have to log in and check the comments manually yes, and reply. Yes. You will have, well, uh, you know what, from each uh, platform, you will receive the notifications, right? You will receive email or you can hook up uh, with IFTT. So, so you actually receive a notification that people have commented? Yes, yes. Okay, so that's not too bad then. We'll still be able to see what's happening. In fact, one of the favorite features I have from Snap, the social network, so the poster I mentioned, is that it has the ability to import comments from Facebook. So when I post something on Facebook automatically, typically people comment directly there. Mm -hmm. And I want those comments on my blog post for various reasons. So the Snap actually goes in to Facebook and imports those comments into my blog. Mm -hmm which might be not according to the terms, I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. But I always mention to the, when I post the, the post on Facebook, I say like, if you comment, these will be automatically moved to my blog post and I'll, I'll reply there. Ah, so basically uh, you import that comments and are they showing underneath your blog post? Like the same as people are commenting on your blog post directly, right? It imports the user's name and email, so it mm -hmm. shows up. Mm -hmm. Might not always show the gravatar, but mm -hmm. it, it looks like a normal comment. Mm -hmm. And then I reply there. Mm -hmm. The only thing it doesn't do is that my reply wouldn't go back to Facebook. So, uh -huh. so you can import the comments, but then when you reply, the users on Facebook, they will not know that you will reply, right? Yeah. Mm hmm Okay, okay. So they didn't do both ways, pretty much. They just did importing the comments. Yes, because what I mean by social inbox that we are going to do next year, we will do both ways. So basically, you will be able to read the comments as well as the reply to them, because that sort of makes sense, <laughs> at least for me. <laughs> so yeah, you can do the both ways, but yeah. Yeah, because what I found with Facebook is that, at least for the posts I publish, mm -hmm. I get a lot of engagement on Facebook. Mm -hmm. So people are commenting, but it's always very difficult to get them to comment on the blog post. So it's either they send me an email, mm -hmm. in which case I just tell them to leave that question as a comment and I'll reply there, mm -hmm. or they'll comment on Facebook. Worth mentioning that sometimes comments on Facebook don't translate very well to comment on a website because users might be using shorthand language or they might be very conversational. Whereas in a comment on a blog post, you tend to be a bit more explanatory in the way you write. So I always, if, if I see something that is not really understandable, I'll just remove that comment and reply on Facebook only. So, but, but it's one of the features when it works, it's one of my favorite features. Cool. So we mentioned that you built a SaaS basically mm -hmm. versus versus building a plugin which uh, works within WordPress. So apart from the performance benefits, did you see or did you, because you consciously started that from the very start, right? Yes. So what was the idea behind that apart from performance? Well, yeah, the performance was the number one actually uh, reason why we decided to go with SaaS. Because, uh, as you know, we are coming from the WordPress world and we are familiar with a lot of plugins there. And because we have, <laughs> we have uh, another plugin that we started with, right? So we know how uh, hard it is to have a plugin that works well with all the other plugins and themes out there. Not to mention to keep it updated all the time with like various WordPress releases. So basically... The uh, best way for like us and for like business perspective, as well as for users, was to have a lightweight plugin. So the user doesn't need to worry about our plugin, you know, affecting them or not working well with anybody else and those types of things. So they know if they have like 20 plugins and something is broken on their side, they know that it's not our plugin for sure, because it's like really, really lightweight. We put like really, really basic uh, functionality in plugin, everything else is on our platform so that's the one benefit that we started it and that's how we wanted to keep it the other thing is that we don't want to keep any secure information 
we don't know your WordPress password or user or anything. We don't know that. That's up to you. We don't know any of your user information for any social profile. We don't know your password that when you open our account. We do know your email, however, uh, simply because we are sending you notifications if something is, as I mentioned, Facebook. For example, if you change your password on Facebook, you have to connect the uh, like the token again, right? You have to connect the Facebook. So we are sending you email, letting you know that you know something is changed, uh, nothing will be shared. Please just reconnect your Facebook account again. So that's the only information. So the payment goes through Stripe and the Stripe keeps all that uh, payment information. So that's the other thing why we decided to go this way because we simply didn't, we are GDPR applicable and we don't want to store any security information. That's pretty much it. Very good. Uh, I just have uh, maybe a few more questions. Mm -hmm. Maybe we could make them like a rapid fire questions. Okay. Maybe. I'm yeah. scared. <laughs> One thing is we already discussed this because as I got to know you more and more, I realized and I've seen you in WordCamps. And so one of the things that really struck me about you is the way you connect with people. And so I like connecting with people, but I saw that you have this special way of doing it. So I wanted to learn from you about how you do it because I think it's also worth sharing on the podcast for others who might be going to big WordCamps like WordCamp Europe, which is coming up soon. So we had a, actually a podcast on Mastermind where I mentioned my techniques for making the best out of conferences. But what I want to focus here is on building lasting relationships. So it's not about how to network within a conference, but how to build lasting relationships that are meaningful. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I've seen you do very well. So what are the tips and tricks <laughs> that you have okay. up your sleeve? Okay, so <laughs> there are no, <laughs> there are not like I don't know. There are no uh, such things as the tips and tricks. Uh, basically, uh, try to be helpful to people without expecting something in return. Try to be nice always. Humor is always appreciated. <laughs> so if you can uh, joke on your account and uh, laugh with people, that's really nice. What uh, I like about WordCamps is I like hugging people. <laughs> and um, I still haven't found anyone that uh, doesn't like that as well. <laughs> or at least they're nice to me, so they say they're okay with it. <laughs> I don't know. So that's the other thing. As, as I said, uh, everybody that I meet, they know that I'm going to help them any way that I can. If they reach out to me and ask me about anything, I'm going to do my best to help them the best way that I can. And I think that's the basis of um, making like the meaningful long-time relationships. Excellent. I didn't know the hugs thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try it at WordCamp here. So beware, people. <laughs> Maybe we can start a trend of people hugging each other yeah. <laughs> at WordCamp. So another question. So you emigrated to Canada uh, around 12 years ago, is it? Something like that. So what are the big differences, having also attended various WordCamps in both continents, what are the big differences you see between how people interact between Europe and the and US? Because obviously as a person doing business based in US or based in Europe who might not have traveled or interacted a lot with people on the other continent, they might be missing some nuances in the way people communicate and what people expect out of social relationships. So what are the differences to watch out for here? I would say there are a few differences. So basically uh, at the WordCamps, if you want to talk business, right? So first of all, if you want to talk business and if you want to do business, maybe check out some other business conferences related to WordPress like uh, Pressnomics that we were talking about or Cabo Press or various other conferences. Those are the conferences focused solely on business. However, with that being said, if you still go to WordCamps and want to do business, in U.S., people tend to do uh, more businesses, so they don't want to waste time. Basically, they don't want to waste time. They will go with you for a coffee or a drink, but that's pretty much it. They are expecting from you to talk business. 
In Europe, uh, that procedure is a little bit longer. So basically, they first like to know you and have fun with you. And if they do have fun with you, then they're going to talk business. So it's a little bit uh, different than between uh, U.S. and uh, European people. European people see the after party as a party. (laughs) There is a party in the after party, right? (laughs) And then uh, the U.S. people or North American people see the, yes, there is an after party, but that's the after party for the conference, for the business conference that you attended. So you are expected to talk business there not the party. So if you want a party, you go to the after-after party, unofficial. <laughs> That's pretty much it. <laughs> Very interesting. And hugs are accepted everywhere, right? Hugs are appreciated <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> At least from me. <laughs> I'm still thinking and planning in my mind how I'm going to do this hug thing. I'm just going to watch you at where it comes. Oh, my goodness. And learn from that. <laughs> So, okay, so you work with Dayan, your partner. Mm-hmm. So your partner's in life and in business. And so I, I've done that for several years as well, my wife. And people always like ask me, how do you do it? You know, it must be very difficult, especially working from home. How do you keep things separate between business and life? I know it's it's hard and it's impossible, but how do you make sure that you're not treating the other person as a colleague when you're not working and how do you act like professional when you are working i think it's one of the biggest challenges we face as like partners in life and in business first of all i forgot to mention the most important part of keeping the long last relationship whenever you meet somebody you gotta smile a lot that's the number one. So for Dan, well, I used to work with my father and then with my brother. So <laughs> I already have a huge experience with working <laughs> with the family members. So how to keep the professional and uh, personal uh, aside? Well, basically, when we have uh, uh, business meetings, right, Dan is the CTO, I'm CEO, right? So uh, I talk business, he talks uh, technical stuff. That's pretty much it. When we have a business meetings for the first time with the potential customers, only if they ask us, we will disclose that we are married or something. Like, they don't need to know that. We are the co-founders of our company and we talk business with them, right? Later on, we mention, like, you know, we are also uh, married and those types of things. For now, as we have been uh, living together for like 12 years and we have been going to uh, various work camps always together, actually people recognize us only if we are together. I swear to God, like there were like a bunch of times at the work camps that I start talking to somebody and they like, you can see in their eyes that they don't really recognize you recognize me in this case and but they are too nice to say anything about it and then suddenly Dan shows up because he was talking to somebody else right and then Dan shows up and then you can see the instant recognition in the eyes I swear to God and a few times actually people say oh yeah it's you too whatever then then like the the you know bulb clicks so people already knows us as like together all the time So I guess we were always (laughs) together even before we started working together for uh, various reasons. So for us, it's easy and it doesn't really uh, affect uh, if you're working, like, for example, you have co-founders that are like good friends. They are not like sharing the life together, but they're still good friends, right? So it's pretty much the same. You already know, uh, well, in this situation, because we're living uh, for 12 years together, we already know what the other person is thinking, right? So that's the best part of uh, working together because uh, when we are at the business meeting, we already know uh, what the other person is thinking. So we don't have to put person on mute and talk about it, like, should we accept the offer or not, right? Because we already know. So that's the awesome part. The not so good part is that we expect more from our partners, then we should we should actually <laughs> expect from the people that we are working with. So that might be a tough for some people, hard on their relationships, uh, but um, I am the hardest on myself. That's why I expect other from maybe a lot from other people as well. But as I said, I expect more from myself than the other people. So I'm okay with them expecting more from me, right? 
And Dan is also like that. So that's why I guess we work well together because I expect from him more and he expects from him like even more. <laughs> so we are good in that uh, retrospect. So <laughs> that's it. <laughs> yeah, very good advice. One, one thing I think is useful as well, and perhaps it's the same for you, is to keep the roles very much separate. So you're not stepping on each other's yeah. roles. So there are no power struggles yeah. in reality. So you're working together, True. but actually have different jobs and Lately, yeah. there's no question of like who's the boss really because you're handling different stuff, different yes. stuff so yeah all right so i'm gonna finish off with asking you whether you have some big lessons that you learned within your time within the wordpress community and running this business of social web suite it can be more than one so in your hands so uh, basically, if you are thinking of starting any like service or product or anything, start now. Start ASAP. Don't overthink it. Don't make it perfect. Don't make it OCD. As uh, one of our friends told us, and it's so true, if you are not embarrassed in like two years about the first version of your product, then that means that you waited too long. So basically, start immediately, uh, start getting some traction, start getting feedback from users. Those are the most important thing of shaping up your products. So that's my advice for everybody thinking about starting something. Uh, what I learned from uh, WordPress and WordCamps, that there are some really, really wonderful people out there willing to help for free. <laughs> So if you have any questions or anything related to WordPress or like starting your product or anything, 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 find anybody at the WordCamp and just ask for help. Just like pretty much talk to them and uh, you would be surprised how many people are willing to help you and give you really, really awesome advices for free. Very good. That's been, been a very interesting podcast. I learned personally that it's much more fun to record a podcast in person in the same location. I usually always record on Skype. So it's the first time I think that I record a podcast with the other person right next to me. So that's my lesson for today. And I'm excited to actually try out Social Web Suite. I am guilty of being lazy in this regard with, with social media. So I want to give it another push because I recognize that nowadays a lot of traffic and engagement does come and happen on social media. So that's something that I think we should all consider. And so with having said that, what are the ways people can contact you and how can they get a maybe free trial or, or something with your plugin? We have a 14-day free trial, no credit card, nothing required. So anybody can try 14 days for free. You can take a look, uh, see if it's a good fit for you. I'm always here to help you. You can see that we have a, a chat box within the platform as well as on the website. So you can always ask me for any questions there, or you can send me an email at tina at socialwebsuite.com. That's probably the best way to contact me because uh, my email goes to my phone so I can reply whenever I'm traveling or whatever I am. Otherwise, you can find me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, anywhere you go. I am always there <laughs> or on WordPress.org. <laughs> Excellent. And you can always find me at Jean Galea on Twitter. And with that, it's time to close off the episode. Thank you, Tina, for being with us. Thank you so much for having me, Jean. It was a pleasure. And we're going to end up with giving you a big hug to the <laughs> listener. To you, the listener, and we'll see you in the next episode of Mastermind.fm. See you. See you. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Mastermind.fm. If you liked what you heard in today's episode, please head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Your feedback encourages us to keep producing the kind of content that you have come to rely on for your own entrepreneurial journey. And if you have a question or topic you'd like us to cover on the show, send it to us through our website or via email at podcast at mastermind.fm or even connect with us on Twitter at mastermind.fm. We look forward to hearing from you and hope you have a fantastic week.